the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a Tuesday. It sure as heck feels like Monday. Just saying. It really does. And uh, first off, let me thank everybody who sent me condolences. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, if you didn't hear, my son died Friday, uh, my 44-year-old son, uh, from COVID. And then I'll say again, I've gotten my shot. And if you don't want to get a shot, don't get a shot. I don't care. I highly recommend that you do get inoculated and uh, uh, John had told me that as soon as he got out of the hospital and was able to get the inoculation he was going to go ahead and get it too late all right he, he passed away on Friday he looked good Tuesday he sent me a selfie he was sitting up in bed he was feeling good and then I got a call on uh, uh, Wednesday from my son uh, in Oklahoma City and said that the VA called him and said that uh, uh, John had taken uh, a 180. And that's the last time that I heard that he was not sedated. They had put a, uh, a ventilator back in and uh, he passed away uh, on the morning of Friday. So uh, ju- that's to bring you up to date on any uh, on everything that went on. So I'm kind of feeling a little bit like Job might talk about job today with the uh, with the bible guys and uh you wonder why and how god works sometimes and that that has been kind of my thing this weekend is is thinking about that and and meditating upon that and, and reading a whole lot of different verses about that but the bottom line is i'm doing okay i've always told everyone and elizabeth tell you because she's known me for years um Yes, I am admitting to you that I'm an old fart. But the bottom we line We met when is, I was three. Yeah, yes, that's right. That's right. She was she was just getting around where she could drink a beer. But anyway, oh, wait, wait, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> You've never even seen me drink a beer. No, I once. have not. That's the truth. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I, I tell everybody this. Jim Morrison said no one gets out of here alive. And he's right. Nobody gets out and of life alive. Everybody passes away. And but I'll tell you what, uh, dying is a whole lot easier if you had Jesus in your life. Not only from the aspect of of uh, your passing, but the aspect of others passing. Because I know I'm going to see my son again. That's right. We're you know? going to a better place. That's yeah, right. yeah. Well, I agree with that. So, uh, and we'll all be together. Sometimes again. my family gets upset with me because. Look, everybody grieves differently. 
and uh, I'm not one of those guys. Now I did boohoo some. All right, I did. Yeah, I did on Friday, but I'll tell you what: I haven't the rest of the week. I I know where my son is. I know that I'm going to see him again, and so I don't feel that way. And uh, I see. You know what was it that Paul said? Is that uh, to be? I'm trying to think. Was it in Philippians that he said to be here is is life, and to to be you know to be pass away is gain. And I think that's the way you got to kind of look at death for us. If you really believe in Jesus, if you got a relationship with Him, you're going to move on. All right. Well, and, and we know what this world is like, and so yeah, we absolutely. tend to want to stay here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You don't. You don't. Well, I I haven't been sent. Uh, you know. A, a prequel kind of thing come on over check it out we'll send you back <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i think it, you, you know it's better than this place it's got to be that's what i'm saying it's just got to be can't be worse that's for sure so believers know what we're what we're looking forward to i saw some i heard something today that blew my mind i did not realize this there are eight people who were intricate they were involved very closely with uh, 9-11 they haven't been tried yet did you know that I been 20 that. years oh, they're starting yeah. the pre-trial now yes oh my did you know God. that I they'll never that go morning. to trial that was, that's done. We're treating them Maybe. as if they're American citizens yeah. okay. well I think part of it now I can see part of it being that you know I had top secret clearance in the military and all of that they're pumping those guys for every scintilla of information that they got however doesn't take 20 years exactly well and get ready because when these pre-trials and trials begin they'll be saying the news will be saying how awful america is because we waterboarded those people to get that information and we are just horrible people well i just like to know why or or where they're going to hold the trial at will it be at gitmo I saw a news article no. over the weekend that they're doing a lot of enhancements at Gitmo. Okay. Well, maybe so then. So I'm not That's sure where what they that should meant, stay. It, they should stay there, but they'll bring them back oh, here no, to they the don't States, need to bring, and then uh, that changes everything about the The last thing they the should trial. see is Gitmo. I'm That's just right. saying, they That's should right. be put to death, and the last thing they should see is Gitmo. That's it. Right. Well, again, yeah. we're treating them as if Did they're Did you American hear how citizens. much no. they've spent on them? $13 million. Not a year. I mean, not a not over the whole time. Per, a year. A year per person. Yes. Per person. That's what I was going to say. Per person. Can I, what can could I ask it possibly cost thirteen million dollars? All I can figure, the you know they're they're putting in there. They built Gitmo and all of that, and they're dividing that out. That's the, the only way, way I guess. It. I mean, you know, that's it, that's no the way. only way I can figure out they come up with thirteen million. But anyway. Yeah, I was stunned. I did not realize that they had not been put on trial. Well, thirteen million per person—that's a drop in the bucket to the eighty-four million dollars worth of equipment we left over my in wife, Afghanistan. Joke. My wife looked at me. She goes, "She says, she says to me, she goes, whose money did they use?'" And I, and <laughs> no, I just looked. Ours. I just looked at her and I said ours yeah. <laughs> and actually not even technically ours because what they did was they put a bunch of zeros behind the numbers on the paper right? yeah there's not any real money there no it's fake well that's why we're 20 and they passed the papers around 28 trillion dollars in debt now. dave i sent it to you on the weekend the debt clock is literally turning over one million dollars every 22 seconds 
right now. No, I thought you were going to say every second. Every 22 okay, seconds, so I still $1 have million. Dollars. How much? $1 million every 22, 22 seconds. seconds. Wow. That's how much it's you're spending. stunning. That's how much you're spending. This is Biden's regime. Remember, we used to, who was it that we started with? Was it kind of, kind of with Clinton's? Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, time that he was in the office. Yeah, because he. Really and by the way, are you guys going to watch the uh, the mini series that's going to be on television about Clinton and uh, no. Lewinsky? Are you kidding? No. Why? <laughs> what? I don't. Why? I don't watch TV. I don't know about I this. Know. What? Yeah, they're doing a. Uh, I guess it's a two-parter. I forget what who it is that's doing it, but they're it's about Clinton and uh, Lewinsky. Mm-hmm. The guy they got playing uh, Clinton. Looks better than Clinton. All right. <laughs> well, that's well, the same point. The guy, does. the guy they got playing, or the woman they got playing, Lewinsky, looks all frumpy and stuff. And then the <laughs> and, and then the, the lady uh, that uh, had the tapes and stuff. Linda Tripp. Yeah, yeah. She, she. I forgot about her. She's, oh no, she's, Linda Tripp she's, was major in if that story. Put, if they she? put green makeup on her, she looked like the evil witch from uh, from uh, you know. Wizard of Oz. Sounds, like, of them, sounds yeah. like lefties are making the film. Yeah, I think that probably. Well, they're Hollywood, so Hollywood. that's a pretty good choice. Well, and that they you know are. the Clintons don't want a film like that being made, no. and you know Monica's not interested in having a film like right. that made. So you've got to think about well, it's why. Been forever. Maybe I mean, they seriously. do. Maybe they want the publicity. I mean, some they, people think that any publicity is better again. than none. Yeah. So who's she the lady? From, it. Who's the lady from Arkansas? The one was it Paula Jones? Yeah, Paula's Paula is not in it. She, she, her character, but she's not name. playing the part. They did thing. what? They did what? That was part of the Clinton affair. I know there were several, Paula but there was one. No, Paula was the big one. But there was, was another Flowers. one as well. Jennifer Flowers. Jennifer yeah, Flowers. Jennifer Flowers. The Shantouche, the singer. I would Jennifer know the name Flowers. if you got to say I've got, I mean, the list is long. I can call them right now. You want me to call them right now? It'd be easier to say who it wasn't. Dave was a neighbor of Paula Jones. I understand she moved. Yes, she did. Maybe it was Paula Jones. Yeah, she moved up Highway 5. She's called in before several times. Yeah, I've had her on the show. Yeah. She's fun to talk to. I've had Gina here. She's still got a great perspective. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Her Twitter handle is a tins nut because she's a tennis person. Um, oh, I can't think of her name. The, uh, Not mm, Broderick, never mind. Right? Broad, Juanita Broadway. That's it. Juanita that's Broderick. it. Juanita. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. See, three Arkansas women out of that story. Yeah. yeah. And Juanita is still very verbal. Yes, yes. And, and that's, speaks out that's often. Of yeah, because she says she was raped by Clinton. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're on if you're on Twitter and want to follow her, it's at T E N S N U T. She's I'll a tennis her. player. Tennis nut. Okay. T E N S N U T. Okay. I used to watch her a lot. She's well who was the other lady? There's one more lady. Oh no. The three <laughs> the Juanita, third. Paula, Jennifer Flowers. Who Ka- else? Catherine Monica, somebody. Oh the other one. Willie. Ka- yes. Catherine Willie. Catherine Willie. Yeah. Another one. Um, I bet too. if you did a little digging, you'd find out there's oh. a whole lot more. Absolutely. There's a lot of, there's a lot of women. Before the Me Too movement, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, before the idea that all women, everything you say is true unless you're accusing Biden. Exactly. Or Cuomo. Right. Yeah. You accuse a Democrat. It's not true. Did you <laughs> see, did you see it works. With in, in, in Cuomo, what's going with them is the Me Too, me, uh, me Too women who run that in new york they they quit they, well they you know well some of them spent money from the there to protect humo that's oh right and then exactly. the staffer, that's what that, that all that's about that's mm-hmm. not about women if that was about women they would be over in afghanistan helping those ladies Absolutely. out of there Absolutely. they don't care anything about no. that that's just to further their political agenda and i think that most women know that 
I mean, I'm not. Well, you got to look at now. I mean, now it's the same way. It makes me mad because whenever there is a legitimate situation going on, all it does is is cheapen that. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of it. It makes me mad. I wish they would just go on. Well, the women that work with the Me Too group, okay, that's a a group that was promoting that position. There was a lady that that helped Cuomo defend himself by attacking yep. one of the right. Of accusers, course, yep. right? Yeah. She did. So now what's happened is the staff of that organization has quit. Oh, good. To protest. Good. good. What good, their because did. they were enabling yeah. the situation. Yeah, by, exactly. It's just like Hillary. She's enabled Bill all these years. I don't care what anybody says. I don't have anything for oh, she's her. She's always yep. been his fixer. What do you mean? Exactly. <laughs> always. That's why she got so mad, you know, about Monica was because she didn't know about it. Yeah, she, she didn't know about it. it. She she's didn't know it was going to be in the news. disgusting vile woman. <laughs> all right. We got to have a break here and then we'll come back and talk uh, more here about uh, what's going on. Talk about the State Department has been accused of stealing credit for the rescue of four Americans from Afghanistan. A lot of other things that have been going on over the weekend that you probably don't know. We'll talk about them with you. Plus, I forget who was it from the uh, Biden administration that said we don't have any way of getting Americans Blinken. out of Afghanistan. Wasn't it, right wasn't it Blinken? Yeah, it, it might have been Blinken. Yeah, and nobody believes this. We've got a lot of things to talk about. It's uh, Dave Ellswick's show. Oh, we got a special guest coming up. Oh, yeah. 635. Ken Cuccinelli will be here. Former AG of Virginia will be talking to him. He's going to talk about uh, transparency. Uh, in our elections. elections. So we'll have him on for about 15 minutes and talk to him. Don't forget about East End Towing. They want you to know that no matter what your situation is, whether you blew out a tire, you locked your keys in your car, you broke down on the side of uh, I-40, you broke down on the side of row of uh, of uh, what Highway 7, uh, they know everything that needs to be done and they'll make sure it gets done the way it's supposed to. Because no matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it, and they've got all of the answers. So what happens to uh, your car or your boat or your truck or your camper if you need to be, you know, towed? We, we always think of our cars, but there's a lot more. I mean, you got a camper on the end of your car? What do they do with it? Do they take it too? Or, you know, how does it, how does it work? Just uh, know that... East End Towing knows how to do it. 501-888-8849. I always tell you, have it in your purse, that number, have it in your wallet, uh, put it in your phone, just so you know who to call when something like that happens, because it will always happen at the most inopportune time. 501-888-8849. That's East End Towing. All right, so I see that one of my teenage crushes has written a new memoir. Haley Mills. You remember Haley Mills? You guys probably don't. You do. Yeah. I know you do, yeah. Elizabeth. Haley Mills from Parent Trap fame. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Pollyanna and yeah. all the movies that she did. She's written a new memoir. I have to read it about working with Walt Disney and marrying a film producer 33 years older than her. Mm. So we'll I'll be interested to see what she has mm. to say. She was like, uh, she was, she was kind of the, the clean Annette Funichello. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Annette, Annette was the dirty girl. Yeah. So to speak. Well, the problem, the girl. Was, the problem for Annette was easy. She, bingo. Yeah. Yeah. She grew, she grew up Quicker. on our TVs, you know, TVs. She, she, and she, uh, you know, I can say this. 
develop breasts right. on television. All of America's teenage boys are going, she's changed, you know. She and, was and quite one of the a figure, musketeers. it wasn't just minimal. <laughs> no, yeah, and she so was a musketeer, of course. Yeah. But anyway, um, Haley Mills has written a, a new tell-all, I guess, so and I'll have to watch it. And who did she marry? I don't know who the, what the director I'm was. I'm sorry, you married. married somebody 33 years older than you? Mm. Got to be about something Gold not normal. <laughs> <laughs> I could say imagine. father figure, I just but can't you know, imagine. maybe that's it. Maybe it's not. Anyway, was it Sir John Mills? Was her father? I think the I actor. Think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Gosh, it's been a while. And you saw now, Dave. You know this. I I had to think about it. John Paul Belamondo died over the weekend. Who's Did he that? really? Who, uh-huh. who was that? It's a French actor. He was in his 80s. Yeah. Um, you, you'd know the movie state. I don't, but like, I know the name. He was part of the new wave. Yeah, but that in was... France. Oh, Jack told me a couple of the movies over the weekend, and I don't remember now. I'll you'd look know. it up. I'll but look yeah, it up. Yeah, pr- really well known. I wasn't, when I was little, I really had to well get known. older to get into the French cinema. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the new wave and all of that stuff. Are you familiar with the new wave? I have no I'm idea what you're talking about. What's she talking yeah, about? Dave's a I've big movie out. guy. Yeah. 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 No, I don't want to know anything about the movies. I don't movies. know anything about the new Ask wave. Dave. I don't Definitely. know anything about movies. Go, he knows everything. I'm going to tell you, go, <laughs> everything. go see this new movie, Chung Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. What? It's a new Marvel know. movie. Oh, oh it yeah. I saw Asian Fantastic. Is it really? Yeah, except that China won't show it. Well, yeah. Because he's americanized and he you know it's he makes some statements that says that he's definitely a capitalist oh i'm surprised in, 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 in china in a, in a marvel was, movie that's not allowed well, well not that, but in a movie is. to be shown in china not allowed all right exactly it, although in the united states this last weekend it made 71 million dollars it did very well in the box office so well, maybe it'll reach him. some people about communism and capitalism. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, and, and on be. the other yeah. hand, you took your grandson to what was it, Paw Patrol? Last yeah, week? Oh, yeah, that was his first. You, you, you'd know that. Miss know first that. movie on the big screen. To so see him. a wide range and of interest. Did he make it through the whole deal? Oh, he, yeah, he sat during okay. the whole movie. First time he ever saw a big screen. Yeah, huh? he okay. loved it. He had a great time. And after it was all over, it was so funny. He had all these kids in the theater going. You know, like, the Paw, <laughs> like the Paw Patrol, they were all how howl- they were all howling, and uh, uh, Eli was going up to other kids and punching them in the shoulder, and they oh. and they look at each other and they go, oh. <laughs> oh, "That's so fresh." And that was fun. I got pictures of that. It was great. It's now, great. I love being part of there. my grandson's life. Take that image that's in your mind and remember that those children are being taught about sex ed when they go to school. Yeah. Exactly. Same kids. And, okay. and yes. even worse, even worse in New York. Yes. Even yes. worse. Worse in New York. Homeschool your kids else. if you can. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> adamantly about that. I've been talking. School board how many years have I now been talking about get your kids out of public schools? Yep. As long as bit. I know. A long, long, long time now. Yeah, yeah, as long as she's known me. Well, I've been saying that. Yeah. We've got to work on school choice yeah. here in Arkansas as well. Well. we got to yeah. work on money, some. Well, and when I say school choice, I like the idea of money follows the child. I like what, what Bruce I mean. Westerman says. That, yeah. Well, I just have my own ideas about that. I, I was very much for school choice, and then some of my friends were telling me that the good schools are getting overran by some of the bad students coming in, the drugs and yeah. 
and it's taken down the good schools. Well, so as well I mean, the good schools shouldn't allow have... those children into their uh, school. I see that in a lot of suburbs where these kids have been kicked out of Little Rock schools, mm-hmm. and then they're going into the suburbs. You have to strict up your, school. your school district. If yeah, you want it's not going to gonna happen because well, it's they're not. being controlled by the union. You're right. Yeah. It's well, not. And I, I, I think we should just close the schools and let everybody have their money and, and educate their children the way they see fit. It's, yeah. There's no way to reform That's it. kind of what Bruce Westerman's ideas yeah. are. There's no way like. to re- Well, and, you know, Bruce is also a literacy advocate. Yes. And it, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that two literacy advocates think that you just ought to scrap it. Yeah. There's no way to fix yeah. it. Well, and we talked about it out off-site last week, I think, but I know there was someone in our neighborhood on that neighborhood chat thing last year talking about setting up a neighborhood school in yeah. our community. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's we should and go back to that. And getting together with other parents. And I'm pretty sure they pulled some of it off. I think they ended up with more like a daycare ver- versus a school. Yeah. In other words, younger. Yeah. And they need, you know, but that's a good start. Yeah, it is. And again, you know, folks, this is where you pull together with your neighbors, people that you should know. Yeah. Okay. It's not strangers that you're yeah. giving your child to for eight hours a day. Right. As mm-hmm. I say, the church has abrogated their responsibility have they a lot that. of them have a lot of churches yeah, have absolutely they can and do how do they it change if they back? wanted to just like everything else when you go back into your church and you tell them this is not right and we need to change <clears throat> all right news and when we come back ken cuccinelli will join us just before we get to our special guest let me tell you a little bit about pi roofing and why you should use them <laughs> as uh, the person to make sure that your roof stays in 100 percent working order so you don't have to worry about getting you know water in your home let me just tell you this if you look up at the ceiling and it's discolored water is getting in your home if by chance you walk down your hallway and you look down at the baseboard and you see a little dampness there water is getting into your home and when water gets in your home it causes all kinds of problems Let's, let's remember how a leak works. The water gets past the shingles, through the felt, through the plywood on top of your house. Then it gets through your insulation. Then it gets against the drywall. Then it gets through the drywall. And when you can see it come through the drywall, you got problems. It's going to take a lot to get that fixed. So before it gets to that point, talk to PI Roofing. Have them come out. Uh, walk your... Uh, your uh, your roof and make sure everything is in good shape if it isn't they will work with your insurance company to get you the best deal possible that's the only people who have ever walked on the roof of my house other than me getting down my grandsons or granddaughters frisbees uh, that they may have thrown up on the roof i do get up for that and climb up on the ladder but i don't call pi roofing for that but if i see discoloration I've definitely got them checking out my roof. PI Roofing is 707-3551. That's your phone number. On the Internet, it is piroofing.com. Special guest with us today with the uh, female power panel, who I didn't even in- introduce to you when we got started today. We've got uh, Heather here. We've got Elizabeth here. And we also have uh, Dallas here in the studio. And our special guest is uh, Mr. Cuccinelli, Ken Cuccinelli, who, uh, as you remember, as the uh, Attorney General of Virginia, uh, has worked an active part over on the East Coast against uh, the left 
And Ken, thanks for joining us here today. You're working on election, uh, uh, you know, uh, visibility yeah. Yeah, uh, now here uh, in the country. And we appreciate you giving us a few moments today. Yeah, my pleasure. I appreciate it. Got the whole team there. Yeah, they're here. I I do not, uh, you know, I, I will tell you, I cannot protect you. Okay. Uh, good luck. I, I cannot protect you. You you're, yeah, that's you're on right. your I, you're on your own. That's all right. I've dealt with the left wing media for twenty years. Your your team is gonna seem very friendly. Well so. they'll be very friendly. They are a definite right wing uh uh media. So I'm gonna start off with Elizabeth. She's one of your fans. She's been talking about you for many years here on the show. Go ahead, uh, Elizabeth. You got a question for him? Well, I just want I am really big on election integrity. We're we're told in Arkansas that Arkansas is in pretty good shape. But, of course, I believe we've got problems all across the country. What are you seeing? Yeah. Well, there there are. There's no such thing as a perfect election. And, and, you know, before I was attorney general of Virginia, I was a state senator for eight years. And one of my races, I won in a recount. So I got, I got a very close and personal view of Virginia's version of, you know, what happens in a close race. And, and, um, and mistakes are made. And I don't think anybody begrudges that. Of course, we want to see professionals minimize them. Um, but I would point out, and many other lawyers have said the same to me, that the sloppier your administration, the easier it is to hide actual fraud. Um, and there's a big difference, of course, between just mistakes and downright fraud. And a lot of what, especially this month, I'm going to spend focusing on is the federal attempt by the Democrats particularly the really radical left-wingers who are driving the Democrat Party right now, uh, to amend election law at the federal level. Now, you mentioned I'm working all over the country, and that's true. We're helping state legislators all over the country advance election forms of every kind, whether it's voter ID or transparency, so we can see what's happening in the whole process, which gives a lot more confidence, of course, in the outcome. All those kinds of reforms we're supporting, but all that is threatened by what the Democrats are attempting to do with a bill called H.R. 4, House Resolution 4, um, that blew through the House. They didn't even have committee hearings to tell you, you know, give you an idea of how they're handling this. And it's now over to the Senate, and um, we fully expect uh, a debate on that later this month. And one of the big questions, we expect your senators to vote no on it, but one of the big questions is what will Joe Manchin of West Virginia do? What will Lisa Murkowski, a Republican from Alaska, do? Um, And part of what the left is doing here is they want these changes so bad that they are willing and pushing to get rid of the filibuster, which is – the 60-vote threshold to pass new laws in the Senate. Um, And they want to blow that apart. And so there's a lot at stake this month. And I say this month because it's also the budget deadline. And one of our concerns is they'll use the budget process to try to pass some of these election changes. Mm -hmm. And they really want to collect every bad practice you saw all over the country from covid and make them required 
drop boxes, early voting, um, automatic mail out of ballots, which is just blows my mind in terms of the security and transparency problems. Um, so that that's what we're facing right now. Things are going well in most of the states, and things are pretty tense in Washington, D.C., about their attempts to wipe it all out. I understand they took what was in H.R. 1, which I understand is dead now, but they've parceled it out and put all of that election stuff to federalize our elections into the H.R. 4. They did a lot of that, yes. They... So H.R. 1 was their first try. It was literally over 800 pages long. And it's dead. And they, it's, well, it's not exactly dead. It's still technically alive on the Senate floor, but they didn't succeed in advancing it because of the filibuster. The Republicans all stuck together, including Lisa Murkowski. Um, and so they only had 50 votes to move it forward, and they needed 60 with the filibuster. But... If they kill the filibuster, then they can bring it back up, and their 50 senators and Vice President Harris is, will then have a tie-breaking vote. Um, they won't need, the, you know, they won't need to overcome the filibuster. They just <laughs> rewrite the rules to not include a filibuster. So, but right now, a couple of Democrats are holding very strong in support of the filibuster. Joe Manchin in West Virginia, Kristen Cinema in Arizona, and uh, if they continue to hold, then then I would agree with you that H.R. 1 will remain dead for the Princess Bride fans out there. The way I say it is it's just mostly dead. Um, you know, and, uh, but you also pointed out correctly, they're grabbing some of the worst provisions and jamming them into H.R. 4, which is only about 65 pages long. Um, and this is this is sold as a voting rights protection bill, mm. but what it really is is a is it gives the bureaucrats in the Department of Justice voting section, and I'll come back to that in a second, veto um, power over state election laws, all of your redistricting, um, and so wow. forth for virtually the whole country, and they don't do it in a way that like the original Voting Rights Act that was measured against what really matters, and that's black, and in this case, minority, voter registration and participation, turnout. They completely ignore that, and they just turn it into a litigation fest. Um, and that that's their mechanism of bringing every state into it, even though most states, of course, were not covered by the original Voting Rights Act. And having said all of that, we all agree that basic things like intentional discrimination shouldn't take place in voting or, or the establishment election laws. And that's still the law under the Voting Rights Act. And nobody disputes that. We, you know, we, we want to see discrimination fought. What we don't want to see is the process of election used to empower one party at the expense of everyone else. And even Barack Obama's inspector general in the Department of Justice back in 2013 found that the particular section that would be judging all of these dates was literally hiring over half its people from radical left-wing groups like the ACLU, La Raza, uh, NAAC Legal Defense Fund, etc. 
These are not objective professional lawyers. Not These are all. people going into this section with a mission. All right. With us is uh, Ken Cuccinelli, former AG of Virginia. He's out going across the country right now. He is working to keep voter integrity. Just know that H.R. 4, and when you hear the left talk about it, they'll call it by the name they gave it, which is the John, John R. R. Lewis, Lewis Voting, Voting Rights, Rights Act. Act. Doesn't right. that sound They make it, make it all about... Uh, Sounds wonderful. It does sound wonderful. I'm going to turn it over to Dallas Green. She's got a question for you. I just want to know, um, what are some red flags that we should be looking for in our community and... What are things that we can do, just normal people can do, to ensure the integrity of our local elections? Yeah, Dallas, that's a great question. So the single best thing ordinary folks can do is go actually be an election officer. And this isn't a full-time, you don't have to give up your career. Um, It tends to be staffed by older people who are retired, but that's not, you know, that's not a requirement by any means. And these are, I'm not talking about poll watchers that go do work for the candidates and the campaigns. I've organized those as a campaign, as a candidate five times myself. I'm talking about actually go be hired by your registrar or clerk. Every state uses different titles and actually go be inside the election. Do the administration of the election. Check in your fellow citizens when they come to vote. Be there as part of the counting a team, the official one, not the one watching the counting. That is literally the single best thing you can do. If you're worried that people might be stealing the election from you, and that's what that's who they're stealing it from when they do it, um, then the best thing you can do is go work on the inside. And over time, those people end up working in the central facilities where absentee ballots are counted and so forth. It's very important that there be partisan balance among those workers. And that is not typically the case for, you know, it's not something for those of us on the right to be proud of. But the fact of the matter is, if in, in my state of Virginia, for instance, Democrats tend to outnumber Republicans in those positions by roughly two to one. Mm-hmm. And we really need to fill those slots with Republicans yes. uh, so that there's balance on the inside. And we're not looking for an advantage. All we're looking for is fair and clean. A balance. And as right. transparent right. as possible. Right. All right. Ken, we're out of time. I appreciate you joining us today and, and giving and us some. Uh, with these, you all. And we'll get you back on in the near future as we get closer to election time. Thank you much, Thanks. sir. Sounds good. Y'all have a great week. All right. You bye-bye too. now. Ken Cuccinella here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, that's a guy that does not speak with forked tongue. And right. I can't emphasize enough what he just said. Yep. Everybody, you cannot, you can go volunteer for a half a day, just right. a few hours. You don't have to spend a lot of time, but you need to go down to your local county clerk and say, I'm here to volunteer to help with the election and go work. It doesn't take much time. You actually get paid, you get trained, <laughs> and yes, that is the very best way to know. All right, let's get a break in, and we'll come back, and we'll wrap it up with the power panel today. The Bible guys are here, so we'll talk to them in the next hour. Do you have questions about filing for Social Security? If you do, get your guide to Social Security from the David Lucas Financial uh, Business in North Little Rock. Uh, 27 pages long, 
Uh, he gives you all the information you need to know that can help you get even more income when you file for Social Security. If you're within five years of filing for Social Security, get this free booklet now by calling 501 501- 222-3315. As a bonus, you'll receive a free customized Social Security analysis that pinpoints the optimal time to wring every nickel out of your benefits. Again, pick up your phone, call this number, 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. All right, back with you. Hope you enjoyed that with uh, Ken Cuccinelli because he... Uh, He's a guy that I was mentioning to Dallas during after he went off and we took our break that he's very clear in what he has to say. He gives you straight information that you can use. And all I know is that uh, I was watching uh, Elizabeth and she looked like a bobblehead. Yeah, 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 yeah. you're right. She you're knows right. about it. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go ahead and uh, why don't you kind of build upon what he said well and again i can only emphasize enough it it is a lot of retired folks but it doesn't take a lot of time we have you know all this early voting period you can go volunteer for a part of a day a whole day we're open on saturday for voting you can go do this on a saturday you get trained and to work the polls you actually are the one when you go vote you know someone asks you for your id and they process you and you get to vote that's what you'll do you'll be sitting at that desk Another task, which is what I got to do, is working with absentee ballots. You get a ton of that at election time, and your county clerk has to process those. What that means is when you request an absentee ballot, when it comes back in, someone has to try to verify, did it really come from that person who asked for it, and is it, is it a valid vote? And guess what? That's what volunteers get to do. Yeah. It's not hard. You do get trained and you get paid. All right. It's the best way to know what's going on. And frankly, when we did it in Faulkner County, I got to work with a crew of about, I don't know, there were 10 or ten or 12 of us in there. We were there pretty much all day on Election Day. And we processed, I think, over 1,400 absentee ballots. Now, we didn't process We were not counting the votes. All we were doing is verifying by a very distinct process that they teach you. You do this, you do that, you look for this. So you get a ballot. You say the ballot is valid. But the ballots are in sealed envelopes. You never Mm -hmm. see the ballots. It's probably the most important job right now. It is a very important job. And very honestly, we did find a batch of ballots several years ago when I did this that looked very similar with similar signatures. And they did come from a certain nursing home. And we were later able to find out there wasn't any legal charges brought but there was a visit made to that nursing home that said uh, you know it looked kind of funny don't do this again so again the best way to know if you're concerned about the integrity of our elections is to go work in the polls go to your county clerk and volunteer most of our county clerks over the years here in arkansas folks have been democrats what that yeah. means is most of the people they ask to come vote sorry come work in the polls yeah the ones they asked to come vote are in the the cemeteries no so the the democrat county clerks of course have kind of loaded up our volunteer roles with democrats over the years we badly need republicans to go volunteer and apply to work and it doesn't take much and it doesn't take much we need to do a campaign we need to start it now so people can go ahead and ask off that's that's because that's a huge um i won't say 
excuse reason that We're open a lot on Saturday of for voting. Republicans <laughs> don't get involved. They need to go ahead and ask off. Yeah. Let me just say this. The, the major reason people don't get involved is they're lazy. Yeah. Well, they're lazy. Well, yeah, Absolutely. but people don't like it when you tell them that they're I lazy. I know they're, but they don't actually, like it, but I'm just being honest. What can I say? Yeah. But I've actually heard truth. some cool stories about people who went to their boss and said, I'm I'm hoping to work. I've, I've asked to work, and the boss has been like, sure, I'll give right. you that day off, and I'll pay you, because that's a good well, thing. Well, I mean, yeah, any small business that. owner, they should do that's everything right. that they can to encourage their employees to be involved, mm-hmm. if, especially if they're like-minded, because of where we're headed well, yep. and bring your friends it's fun it actually is fun and we have a special work. election here in little rock that just opened up today coming for the taxes yeah one percent tax oh yeah Those, please vote no i can just say i don't look i don't have a dog in this fight because i live up in in uh in lono county but bottom line i never will vote yay on a tax on myself and if you want to know more about won't that do it. it's on your facebook page at the top of the page right, right. now mm-hmm. It's just, no, I I just won't do it. Well, David might be good. They got the money. They have the money. He just doesn't know how to manage the money. They got the money. Well, what is it they want to spend it on now here in the A giraffe. A giraffe. A $40 million giraffe. All the problems that we have. And I love giraffes, but I can love one from the Memphis Zoo. Exactly. (laughs) I like my grocery taxes a lot lower, to be honest. The last time that they had a giraffe come to... Little Rock Zoo, they killed each other. Yeah, exactly. That's right. They turned out so well. They killed right. each other. Well, There's I am from Little Rock, so well, I do have a dog in the fight with this okay. one. And I've had a lot of people say, well, I'm just going to stop eating out if it's going to raise the uh, taxes on the restaurants. I said, well, you know, it's going to go with the groceries, too, right? Yeah, so you, like you have to eat, so you're going to be paying higher it's taxes. It's really an assault. Do you like the reduction um, right, in our in grocery taxes that have happened honestly. over the last few years? Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. It's always... The lower income people that get whacked with these yes. sales taxes. You know, whenever you raise gas tax or you raise yeah. food tax or whatever, yeah, it's always the poor more. people it's that get hit right. the worst. It's the Biden. Tax. But David's only one percent. What is my answer to that? Come on, now you've been listening to the show for twenty years. What's my answer to that? How do you get to a billion? You start off one by saying one. one, one at a time. One That's time. right, yep. one at a time. That's how you get to where you're going. And with it's not that. going towards law enforcement, no matter what they say. It's not going towards no. law enforcement. Mm-mm. If it was going to go towards law enforcement, it already would have gone there because exactly. they it's have the go. money for right. law enforcement already. It's going to go and it's right. not going towards justice. Don't let them pull stuff. that argument. Right. On. That's wool over your eyes. I'm just telling you. Early voting today. Please get out and vote. Early vote voting no. starts today. All right. Heather Beach, Elizabeth Delaro, and Dallas Green. You know why I like you so much, Dallas? Because you have the name of a former Chicago Cub yep. manager. I've heard that before, and I'm a St. Louis Cardinal fan, so that's kind of rough for me. <laughs> All right. Bible guys are up next here on the Day of Ellswick Show. Yeah, I like this song. My lips are like clouds. I see so many things. Try 
trying to figure you out. But as mercy opens my eyes and my words are stolen away, with this breathtaking view of your grace, and I am speechless. I must understand the man. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Bible guys are here. Scott's here. Pastor Scott's here. You got Pastor Steve here. Uh, Pastor Billy's not here. He's uh, finishing up some medical details. He'll be back again next week, and we'll have uh, everybody in here. Although you guys will be here with Alan Kerr, because I'll be on vacation. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, it's only right that I get to go on vacation first. Every once in a while. Well, every once in a yeah. while, yeah. So I'll be on vacation. Alan Kerr will sit in, and he'll enjoy he, he always looks forward to being on with you guys. He thinks it's cool. So, oh, good. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that there's some people who think you guys are cool. No, right? <laughs> Not very many people do. <laughs> if if he's uh, if he's doing that, will the uh, will the email questions come to him, or we forward them over to him? Or? I will forward them to you guys. Okay. I I, I forward. You know, I forward. Yeah. Them. As soon as I get them, I don't even read them. Sometimes I just say. You know, forward, and yeah. then I put you it guys. Says Bible I got, guys, yeah. Yep, I got you guys on a list, and you they go right to you. So let's start it right off, uh, dear Bible guys. I know it's a bit early to write this question, seeing how your show is a week away. They, they sent this to me early. Uh, however, I'm hoping to ask you a couple of questions. One, I've heard all my life that revival is coming at the end of days. However, it seems that anything but revival is what we have now. Uh, do you gentlemen feel that revival is coming, or have I been misled? That's part A of this question. So I can, just for my own personal uh, belief system, just so you'll know, uh, that uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Bible teaches that. Yeah, right. It's going to get dark, real dark. Yeah. So with that, I'll turn it over to you guys. Well, I, I think um, I think Pastor Steve had he said something yesterday at our at our the uh, Yom Teruah um, service about uh, about the harvest. But I'll just go ahead and address this. When people say revival, sometimes it's hard to know if they mean um, like a worldwide harvest or if they just mean the church coming alive right. again. Because really, the word revival would deal specifically with what happens with the church. They're mm-hmm. being revived. Right. Uh, so they were so they were alive and we've revived their revived them. So um if it's if it's related directly to the church or directly to, or related to some worldwide harvest, I'm not sure what they're saying, but I think that kind of goes hand in glove. You kinda have to have a revived in order to have a wild worldwide uh, right. harvest. And there are a lot of different views on that. I'm sorry. And it's the only way you can have that is if individuals have it. Yeah. That's right. And so um I'll just kind of pass over to Pastor Steve because he said something about it yesterday. Yeah, that was good. It's um, there's a lot of it depends on like Scott was saying your view of revival. And what I you see is a lot of signs when people say they're having revivals, and it's a matter of terminology. What they should be saying is we're having a camp meeting, right? Because if you have to put a sign up, you're not having a revival. Right. Yeah. If the if the spirit of God is being poured out and people are being convicted of sin and they're coming back to God, they're being revived. It happens. You don't advertise it. It happens. Now, as far as an end times, that's been said a lot. Uh, but as you said, there's a lot. There's a, several scriptures that talk about a great falling away mm-hmm. that's going to take place. And if we look at revival as how we normally look at it in America, where we're just going to have all these wonderful camp meetings and we're just going to be praising the Lord and people are going to come back and dedicate. Yes, but I don't think it's it's going to be portrayed as this wonderful, beautiful, 
calm, peaceful, joyful just event like we see them here in America. It's going to be like it is in Afghanistan right now. It's going to be like it is in China right now, where there is an outpouring of the Spirit of God and people come into faith, but they're also being killed. They're also being persecuted. They're also being tortured. So it's just like it was in the first century, they ran from house to house, right? And when they got caught, they got whipped, right? Paul was commissioned. Saul was commissioned to go and persecute and capture everybody. So I believe that there'll be an outpouring, but it's not going to be as wonderful and simple as people make it out to be. And what Pastor Scott was referring to is we are in the fall feast, the fall season of the Jewish holidays. And the the end of this, the conclusion of this is the Feast of Tabernacles, which is known as the Feast of Ingathering. Mm-hmm. Well, in the spring, we have Pentecost, which was the wheat harvest. And when the wheat harvest was celebrated, that's when the Spirit was poured out and salvation and 3,000 were saved at Pentecost. So just like it was in the early church, I believe that in the end, there will be a an ingathering. There will be an end-time ingathering. And Amos actually um, makes a reference to this. It it talks about, unfortunately, this has been used about money, and it talks about how the plowman will overtake the reaper and all that. Well, it's actually talking about the nations just like two verses prior to that. So what's going to be getting harvested during that period will be people. But again, it's just it's going to be a time of great um, joy and celebration for the growth of the body, but it's also going to be the most horrific time because people are going to be losing their heads for it too. Yeah, I, I think that some people... When they think about revival, they think of a societal betterment as well. Right. And what and what Pastor Steve is saying is that the church is going to get revived and people are going to come into the kingdom, but that does not necessarily mean that our society or our country is going to get progressively better along with the church. Right. It could be going into the toilet, which is obviously a lot of what we see happening right now. But this is a this is our this is this should be our moment, our mm. time to really to really shine, and there should be a growing distinction between the children and the sons of light and the sons of darkness. Nine. Yeah. So before we get to our first break, let me finish up with the last question this person asked. I heard a pastor teaching the other day, and he said the phrase "falling away" in Second Thessalonians actually meant rapture. Is that correct? How can a falling away and being caught up be the same thing. Thank you for all you do. Right. Um, well, I can't. Um, you, you can't uh, fall away and and be caught up at the same time. Um, I've heard this myself, uh, and because what's happening now is people who are who believe in what we would call the the pre tribulation rapture, they are for whatever reason they're looking for more uh, support in the scripture uh, for what they believe. And they're now using this particular falling away to mean um, the actual catching away. But in the Greek, it's the word apostasia. Um, And of course, apostasia, when it makes its way into English is the word apostasy. And there's nothing positive about that. Um, And it means what it says, a, a falling away from or forsaking the word apostasy is only mentioned one other time in the new Testament. And it's mentioned in the book of Acts, I forget what chapter, but it's where it says that the children of Israel forsook Moses. And that word forsook there is the word apostasia. So I I see no basis whatsoever for saying that um, falling away means a catching away, just the opposite, actually. Yeah. And what that proves is the dangerous thing that a lot of preachers do is they think of an idea, then they go scripture searching. 
And that's the, the worst thing you can do. It is context, right? You read everything in context and find out what the meaning of that word is in context. But Just as you said about Amos, it, two, two verses before what he said, he was talking about nations. nations. Yeah. Well, that didn't change in what he said two right. sentences later. No, it got filtered through the eyes of an American church that focuses on money. And mm-hmm. then naturally they implied it to make mean money. But no. You've got to, you have to stay connected to your Judaic root to truly have the right Christian root. All right. And it helps if you know Hebrew and Greek. Uh, it does help. I'm just letting you know. Just letting you know. That's why if I ever get to start my school, two of the languages that will be taught besides English will be Hebrew and Greek. Because more important, you understand the scripture mm-hmm. than you understand anything else. That's right. That's right. You know, you got to understand the truth before you can figure out how to apply the truth. That's correct. Uh, need to keep thinking about that. All right, let's take a break. Uh, know that there's more buyers right now for houses than there are homes for sale, and historically low interest rates have made it a good time if you sell your home that you're able to get money to buy a home. Oh, uh, for a better house. So that, that does that all the time, Steve. Don't worry. I won't hold that against you. Uh, for instance, when it comes to selling your home, would you trust someone uh, who has a history uh, as an agent who sells homes? Of course you would. You want somebody who has, you know, the the background to do it and do it right and get it done. Uh, Renee and Kevin heard about Dustin uh, Turner right here on my show. And you decide to give him a call. They they decide to call him. And at that meeting, Dustin shared the various options they could choose from to sell their Jacksonville home. They could list the, tra- the traditional way, or he'd give them a cash offer. Well, they took the cash offer, and by the end of the day, they had, their house had been sold. It can work that way for you as well with uh, Dustin Turner. Dustin Turner is going to be my uh, realtor sometime in the next month as i sell my house uh unless i win the lottery and then i'm going to add to my house all right but the bottom line is uh i'm looking to sell my house and i'll be giving him a call at 501-952-2969 or you can google him at dustin turner the home team or go to hometeamsoldit.com and he'll help you because what have i said I, I told you that I'd only really get involved uh, with Dustin Turner if I used him and trusted him enough to use him to sell my home. And I'm doing that. Again, his number, 501-952-2969. All right, back with you. I want to go back to the very first question when we were talking about revival, because I want to ask uh, Pastor Scott and Pastor Steve this question, because I'm sure they've both been invited to revival meetings. And I I don't know if you can say you're going to have a revival. I mean, you're going to preach and hope for revival, but it's up to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. is it not? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it truly is a sovereign uh, move of God. And when I say sovereign, I mean it's totally as the Spirit wills it. And um, But, peop- yeah, churches will say, okay, we're going to have a revival in uh, – you know, in September, and what they're meaning is we're going to have an extended series of services uh, trying to prime the pump to get people, you know, rededicated or have a touch from the Lord. It's almost like sending your kids to church camp. The kids always come back on fire, fired up, fired up because they went 
and they went into this immersion, right? And they so that's kind of the church's attempt. Okay, okay, we haven't seen anything happen this year, so we're going to immerse ourselves for a week in what we're going to call a revival meeting, uh, and and be hoping and believing that something will begin from that moment. So, so let me ask this question. Oh, I'm full of questions today. <laughs> if you are uh, going to a church and the waters, now I'm talking about baptismal waters, aren't stirring at all. Mm. Should you not be concerned? I would be. I mean, if if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we know that he is, um, then and you can go to church day after day or week after week and never see anything biblical happening in your church, then, yeah, there's there's reason to be concerned for sure. Steve? I would say um, I would add to that. that I knew he would. That's you know, why I asked yeah, him. <laughs> Uh, what what's happening when the water stops stirring, right? Because if all they did was go down and get wet and come back up, then nothing happened. <clears throat> but if all of a sudden we see them and they're attending and they're involved and there's a change of heart, then I would say yes initially to what you're saying, but then post-baptism, post-confession, what's your life look like? Because then we'll find out if you really got touched by the Spirit of God. I'm sorry, were you asking about baptism? Yeah. What? No, I was basically asking salvation. About, I answered the wrong question about you, salvation. Yeah, he was oh, asking okay. about salvation. I answered the wrong question. Yeah. I mean, okay. no, that, that's a, an old saying uh, from Southern Baptists. Just right. so you know, if the if the waters aren't stirring, you better find out why. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, my no, bad. I thought it fit. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was Southern I, I Baptist just, I just, at one time. Oh, I, so was I, but I was. Uh, a young guy when I got out, but uh, <laughs> when I got out. Well, when I when I when I, when I departed, uh, I just thought you meant uh, like uh, just just moves of God, or you don't see mm. God doing things. Yeah. That's what no, I thought you don't you're see, talking you about. You don't see people coming to Christ. Yeah. yeah, in your church, you should be concerned. Yeah, and I, th- I think that that is a, um, you know, um, how shall I say this? There is a concern with. Um, how should I say it? Um, there are people who who are. I'm having a hard so time. So focused on numbers, or is that no, where you're going? It's just that that I'm concerned with a lot of people today who are who think that they're saved, mm-hmm. and they were told, you know, come to the altar and look at this great benefit package you're going to to get so it's presented in such a way that there's no repentance needed there's no dying you to self have there's your no fire insurance yeah, yeah right it, you either <laughs> scare them to the altar or there's there, there's you know there's no there's no true remorse or repentance there's just you know what can i get out of this uh there's there's not a dying to self there's not making jesus lord where he's going to rule in your life it's almost like well you know like you said, I want to get my fire insurance, get something for me, mm-hmm. and then if I have time for God, you know, every once in a while or twice a year, I'll give that to Him. And I, I think there's a lot of people who think mm-hmm. they're going to get saved, or they're saved, and they're going to find a very different reality Is on it? that day when He separates goats and sheep. I think it was Charles Finney when they Charles Finney had an eighty percent. I love Charles Finney. Yeah, just a, so everybody knows, yeah. I'm a big Finney guy. He had an eighty percent success rate. It's, and getting people saved. In other words, 80% of the people who heard him preach 
responded mm-hmm. that weren't saved. And uh, and he they asked him what his secret was one time, and he said, "Before I can preach love and forgiveness and grace, I think I'm getting this right. I must first preach judgment and something else." And then he said, "This was the equation." He said, "I preach ninety percent law, ten percent grace." And today we've got that puppy flipped all the way around. That's but right. It, but it's not. 90% grace and 10% law, it's 100% grace and no law whatsoever. So I, I'm concerned in some way yeah. with the, you know what I'm saying now? Yeah, absolutely. It, um, there was, remember there was, a, I don't remember who said it, but um, it was one of those guys that said, uh, uh, Christ bids a man to come and die, right? Yeah. And that we have lost the idea of what it means to become a disciple, right? To become mm-hmm. a follower. We just went fire insurance mm-hmm. and and not that when we and i say it this way <clears throat> jesus came to die for your life your life is the only thing you have to give in return right so if you're not living a life in followership and discipleship and doing what the master has told us to do then i would question whether or not you were as follower or not if all you did is pascal said just go down to the altar walk away with your fire insurance then maybe you're not the follower that you think you are. Maybe yeah. you just you just wanted to feel good about yourself and go, oh, good, I'm saved. That was kind of the the preaching that uh, I guess Michael Yosef was doing this weekend on his show. I just happened to catch it. He's on Fox Business on Sundays, and I happened to watch it, and he was really good. In fact, I ordered his newest book. It's a, I guess, additional content to a book he wrote 20 years ago about praise mm. that i want to read now but uh yeah you, well, know, a, you know who i'm talking about yosef right i don't, I don't think he's I don't a know. he's a guy he's an egyptian and uh yes i know who you're talking came about. to the united states and um i forget how many degrees in biblical studies he has and stuff but the guy is is smart beyond smart but he is humble and you listen to him preach, and it just makes sense. Mm. He's really good. And then I watched David Jeremiah after him, so yeah. it was fun watching him too. He's 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 really a good expositor. All right. With that said, another question for you it says, uh, <coughs> "Dear Bible guys, I knew somebody would ask about this. Now, with the new Texas law being left in play by the Supreme Court regarding the abortion ban." Do you think that it will lead to an overturning of Roe v. Wade? Does the Bible actually say anything for or against abortion? I know it says that we are known before our birth in our mother's womb, but what about an actual abortion? How would I speak with someone who is pro-abortion if I wanted to convince them that their position is wrong? Thanks, guys. It's a good question. A lot of people have it uh, out there. I would point out, is it not sad that our very government of this country is doing everything they can to continue to expedite Mm -hmm. abortion on demand? Well, it's not going to lead to the turning, I think, was the latter part of that, because there was one clinic in Texas that I saw one headline that said they performed like 67 abortions in an hour or two because because that law was coming. Right. So they just worked nonstop to meet all of the needs of those who still wanted to kill their children. So abortion will change. I'm glad you said it that way. Hearts change. Right. I get tired of that wording when they keep talking about um, 
uh, women's health or women's um, health care, birth care, health care, birth control. Mm. I just wish one politician when they're having a debate uh, would say, hey, finish the statement. Women's right to kill their baby. Just finish the statement. Women's right. right to kill their baby. Got to take a break. Hey, don't forget about Pat Davis. We're very close to that time again. When we tell people you're going to have to go declare, you know, what kind of health insurance you got and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, Pat will talk to you about that and teach you how you can go about and get actual insurance from any provider in the nation through him and save 30 to 50 percent on the cost. Sounds too good to be true. I know. But you know what? You miss out on a truth that is a truth. If you don't call Pat and find out how to do this, you can save 30 to 50% on your health insurance. If you're self-employed, it's definitely for you. It's actual insurance. It's not a share plan. Uh, It also is a health plan that is good for conservatives because you don't pay for what you don't believe in. For instance, abortion. You don't have to pay for that. Choose any provider in the nation. There are no co-pays and any extra funds that are left over they're going to come to you and not to the insurance company how does it all work well i'll let pat talk to you about that 501-605-6935 is the number to call 501-605-6935 your health plan man.com is uh, your way to get a hold of pat uh, through the internet. That's Pat Davis, 501-605-6935. Save some money for a change instead of spending money. It's always a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. All right, Bible guys, if I'm correct, uh, this came to me yesterday, today is a high holy day called Yom Teruah. I was wondering if you guys could tell me why it is called Rosh Hashanah. I've read many things on the web, but I am not seeing an absolute answer. If I remember from past broadcasts, Steve and Scott don't agree on this day being the new year. And I think it would be interesting to hear them discuss it from their different perspectives. Thank you and shalom. So who wants to start here? You want to start, Scott? Or- yeah, um the discussion is uh, Steve is wrong and I'm right. <laughs> That's the end of the discussion. <laughs> uh, right. Well, the uh, first of all, um, yeah, the, the name Yom Teruah, those of you who don't understand Hebrew, that, that means basically the Feast of Trumpets or the Feast of, 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 of Blowing of, of Breath. So the Feast of Trumpets uh, and Rosh Hashanah means uh, the head of the year. And so it is holiday with two two different names um one is biblical and one is not um and so um what uh, what we typically do is we typically use the the biblical uh, terminology which is uh, yom teruah however if you if you go into the streets of jerusalem and you went up to someone and said uh, yom teruah sameach happy uh, piece of trumpets they would say huh no, 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 no nobody has any idea what you're talking about they'd say they're not an al hurt fan <laughs> I don't quite know what that means, but it sounds funny. So, um, so, uh, so in a way, uh, Rosh Hashanah has been involved in a bit of replacement theology. It's kind of replaced the biblical feast. Um, so, biblically speaking, uh, Yom Teruah is uh, the feast of trumpets, 
uh, whereas the head of the year, uh, Rosh Hashanah, is uh, would be the beginning of the year. And um, I, the beginning of the year, I believe, is is in the spring, um, with the the month that uh, Passover is in. As a matter of fact, in Leviticus, when it says about the the day of Yom Teruah, it actually says uh, on it says that um, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month. So uh, this, in the mind of God, this is the seventh month. As a matter of fact, and I don't mean to just go on about this, but um, our calendar we used to as before America was even formed, when we all, when most uh, of um, uh, American population was still in um, in Europe, um, the uh, the new year was actually in uh, March. It wasn't in January until the 1500s when uh, Pope Gregory changed the calendar around, and he gave names of months. So now we have Mars is after the god of uh, war. Uh, we have July for Julius Caesar and August for Augustus Caesar. So all this. However, so we've had, we've had a lot of violence done to our calendar. But our calendar still maintains the remnant of a biblical time. For example, this is the month of September. So anyone who speaks Latin out there or even Spanish, for example, you'll know this is the month of September, which comes from the word siete. So September, sept, means seven. Uh, eight is uh, octo or otto or ocho, which is where we get our word October from, which means eight. And then novo is the word for nine, and DC is the word for ten. So even in our own calendar, we still have the months of seven, eight, nine, and ten. So our year ends with month number ten, which is December. So we still have the remnants of this. And of course, September is the word for seven. That's where we get the word Septuagint from. Have you heard that before? The word Septuagint actually means 70. And that was 70 uh, Jewish men, rabbis, who translated the Bible from Hebrew into Greek. So long story short, um, I think st- the only difference here is that Steve, Steve, uh, st- Steve obviously believes in Yom Teruah. He believes in the blowing of trumpets. We were together last night. He blew the trumpet, uh, the, the shofar, 100 times. What a red face he had at the end, uh, end of that. So You blew that a hundred times. A hundred times. Oh my lord! So, I, so he you know, doing twice, and he's going to blow up. <laughs> so, you know, he, he and I t- firmly both believe in uh, Yom uh, Teruah, but uh, but um, there is a difference as far as maybe when we believe the new year. Of course, we can right. subscribe to two new years. I mean, there's a lot of discussion right. that can be done on that. Well, and, and it's tradition. It's more of a traditional thing about Rosh Hashanah being a new year during that time period. But there's uh, there also is some. Uh, some biblical evidence to it. So uh, what Pastor Scott was referring to in the beginning in March uh, time frame, when it references that period of time, God says this will be the beginning of months for you. And so, yes, this month and this feast begins on the first day of the seventh month. So it is the seventh month. But there are um, two references that point to the counting of years that would count during this time. And that may seem strange, but we would say, hey, we have a fiscal counting for finances that ends in October, right? First of October. Well, then we also have the counting of years that actually begins on the first of January. So it, you can kind of see a similar thing in our culture where well, that, that, that works right now in the United States. We celebrate right. the beginning of the year on January 1st. Mm-hmm. They don't start doing the federal budget until October. Right. That's their number first of the of the new year. Right. And so and part of the reason that the the difference that we have uh, about that is <clears throat> when they talk about counting jubilees, which every 50 years, the jubilees are counted on 
uh, the Day of Atonements, right? And then there's another reference in um, Exodus 34 where it talks about the feast, and it says that the feast of ingathering at the end of the year is you're supposed to bring in that offering. So there's a reference to these things to be about the counting of years, but um, what the difference is is, like Pastor Scott said, because it begins with the first month in March, that well, then the year's got to begin then. Eh, maybe. I'd like to go ahead and just throw in, as far as part of my defense to this uh, <laughs> speech, is that, uh, which is just for consideration, it's not necessarily that it's definite, but for consideration, before the children of Israel went to Babylon, uh, there was not any reference to uh, Rosh Hashanah. When they came out of Babylon, there was. The Babylonian year began on the first of the seventh uh, month. So I would suggest that there's a, a possibility that when they were in Babylon, they picked up some of this Babylonian uh, celebrations and they brought it over and they mixed the Babylonian celebration of their new year with Yom Teruah and eventually one overtook the other. And if I'm not mistaken, there is not there is not a single Talmudic reference to Rosh Hashanah until the year 800, which means just a lot of silence between the time they came back from Babylon until that actually was written down for the very first time. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my position on okay, that. So why do we worry about, you know, blowing the trumpets and all of that? I think it's Steve that tells the story about how when you read your Bible, <laughs> uh, you see uh, Christ speak out to the people of Israel, and it's like during the blowing of trumpets, mm-hmm. correct? Or is that yeah. what's you, Scott, to well, well, make th- sure everybody think, understands that? I think we both probably do that. I spent all last Sunday uh, teaching on this, but, but there are 11 times in the New Testament where it talks about the blowing of the shofar. Well, and, and Paul is saying this to people who you wouldn't think would know about it. He's saying it to Gentile people. So obviously Paul is teaching Gentile churches about the blowing of the shofar. And uh, Hebraically speaking, um, or Judaically speaking, uh, the sounding of the shofar had several things that happened with it. This, this is Jewish theology, okay? This is not, this is not uh, well, it became Christian theology, but this is Jewish theology. They believe that when the shofar blast happens at Yom Teruah, that was to herald the coming of the king, the king Messiah. As a matter of fact, Pastor Steve said this yesterday. If if uh, if I was a uh, you know if I was uh, you know the crown prince and my father died in October, uh, I would not actually be coordinated as, or crowned as king until Yom Teruah the following year. You have to wait to be crowned at the Feast of Trumpets. Okay. So they believe that when the trumpets sound, that's when the arrival of the Messiah is. They also believe that on this date the dead are raised. And they stand in judgment before the Messiah, the King. That sounds pretty much like what we expect to happen when the trumpet blasts mm-hmm. this great shout that those who are dead in Christ are going to to rise first to stand before the King. And also at this feast day, one of their greetings to each other is, "May your name be found written in the Book of Life." Hello, Lamb's Book of Life. That's very similar to what we would say. So it is. It is, in fact, very much a part of our of our theology. So. At this time of the year, it's a season of the sounding of the trumpets, which is supposed to tell all of us the king is coming, mm. and the main emphasis right now is get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, because the king is on his way. So just for uh, my listener, my listeners that may not have heard this, there was a specific uh, set of verses in the Bible where Christ is doing something, 
and he's fulfilling prophecy by doing it and one of them is at the blowing of the trumpet oh you're, you're probably referring to uh tabernacles tabernacles oh yeah tabernacles. yeah okay and that's that's in just a few weeks time yeah okay. in, into the month yeah okay so we'll wait and then i'll have him tell you that yeah, okay. <laughs> all right that's a preview yeah. all right we got more coming your way we've got about 13 minutes left right now don't forget but uh, forget about east end towing east end towing understands like you know getting your keys out of your car changing a tire because they do that, uh, you know, pulling you off the side of the road. They know where you want to go because they're going to go exactly where you tell them to go to. And that's what happens when you have a broken down car. You know, you know what should you do? They'll tell you this. If you can, uh, pull over to a parking lot or go to the right shoulder if you can. And be aware if there happens to be any hazards on the road for instance maybe you hit a big piece of truck tire well try not to park right by the truck tire and uh, also be aware that there's a uh, a campaign going on right now slow down move over and what that is is move away from uh, flashing lights if you see yellow lights you see red lights you see blue lights those are lights that you want to not be right next to. So get as far away from them as you can on the roadway. It's just a, a nice reminder from the folks at East End Towing. If you need their assistance, just call them. It's 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. All right, so a question for you guys. There was a secondary a uh, question within the abortion question that we had was was going to be how big of a deal is this going to really be? Is it going to change things as as we know it? Will the it, Texas thing? Yeah, yeah. Will it stand? I don't think it's going to. I think the federal government has already made it pretty clear they're going to do everything they can to negate it. Uh, I think the bigger question will come. I think is it out of West Virginia? That the, the law is coming up in front of the oh, it's an, the Supreme Court. There's another yeah. another hearing they're going to have on on the uh, abortion question. I, I think uh, the question I would ask, um, and this would be to someone who would be more of a constitutional scholar, but but we have something known as separation of powers, mm-hmm. right? Well, the Supreme Court refused to hear the Texas law allowing it to go into effect. If the Supreme Court allowed that to happen. I mean, the White House can rant and rave and stomp and spit, but they have no ability to to change what the high court has actually decided because of the separation of powers. They're, they're separated for a purpose. And so even if Biden tries to throw everything we have from his office at it, there's a separation between his office and the Supreme Court. Supposed if, to if be. If the Supreme Court will well, accept that. And there's already talk about them stacking a court. Right, to try oh, yeah. and do that. So they're going to try and take and they're uh, do it end around. Believe yep. me, they'll, they'll, they'll do everything they can. I just find it totally, totally sad that the highest echelon and power in our country is falling on the side of allowing murder. Yeah, yeah. That just, just right. think about that just for a moment. Yep. Whether whether you think a woman has a right. Murder is murder, folks. 
Yeah. Just the way it to, is. Well, this goes back to the question about revival. You can't legislate it. You know, you can go and pass a law that says we're not going to allow strip clubs to be open anymore. No more liquor joints. Well, guess what? How do the Kennedys make all their money? Right. They ran they, booze. They ran man. booze during whiskey, uh, to be yep, exact. During the twenties, when it wasn't supposed to be allowed, right? That's yep. how they made their money. That's how Joseph Kennedy made his money. Yep. And and guess what's going to happen if you ban strip clubs? They're going to have them in people's homes. And if you whatever it is that you ban, people are going to find a way. And if you ban this legally, women will find a way to go do this. You have to change hearts. You have to change. Yep. You have to have a revival in the spirit and in the body before. Forget legislating. You're not going to do it. Yeah, I I just hope all of you who I mean, are I'm glad. Don't get me celebrating wrong, but... that you've had an abortion uh, during this time will start wearing the uh, a little pendant of a coat hanger. Mm-hmm. All right, to say that you've had an abortion, yeah. or have a scalpel, either one. I don't care, or a vacuum cleaner. I mean, you or a, <sighs> Do you hear? I know you've heard yeah. this from some of the other people, but because of this law, we are now the Christian Taliban. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I, no. Yeah. Same comparison. Or, or we're really handmaiden's tale. Yeah. I've heard that, too. Mm-hmm. It's just it's ridiculous that that you can salve your conscience enough mm-hmm. that you can somehow make it okay to kill something is sad. You know, so what do they say about blacks? They're not really humans. Mm-hmm. They're, they're two-thirds human. What do they say to the Jews? They're mm-hmm. not humans. So yeah, when they you didn't take even it all say down, they were two-thirds. They just right. said they deserved to die. Right. And so you now they've taken humans and said, well, that baby's not a baby. And so you can say, well, that's not the same thing. It's exactly the same so, thing. Mm-hmm. They went through commissions, and the government sanctioned saying those are not people. And that's what's happening. That's why I always say we, we deserve to uh, say – Sorry to Nazis. Just to be honest with the country we have now. Mm. You know, I think this is a, a part, you know, when you don't value life in its most purest and most innocent form, you have no problem leaving hundreds of people hostage in uh, Afghanistan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, when you don't have any problem sacrificing the life of the purest among us, yeah. our children, then all of a sudden all other life is just expendable. Well, let me say this, value. too, all right? If you're sitting in church on a Sunday and amen in that, and then you don't take care of the child that is born, that maybe doesn't have parents or whatever, you need to do some checking. Mm. Need to do some deep checking. The Bible says widows and orphans. Yeah, that's true. What they talk about. Mm-hmm. And, and the uh, sign of pure religion, I think, is what James yeah. says. Is taking care of the widow and the orphan. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you need, we need to take care. And I understand the people who, who curse us for that. Yeah, you saved these children to be, let them be brought up in poverty. And well, number one, I, I don't stand with your vision that better to be dead than be born in poverty. I don't buy that right. at all. Right. What kind of if, comparison if, is hey, that? Hey, look, if that's the reason, the, oh boy, they hate it when I go here. If that's the way that you feel, then uh, you know, get your group together and go down to the poorest place in in Little Rock and just shoot people as they come out of their homes, wherever they might be. Go and kill homeless people, right? Yeah, because you say it's better that they be dead mm. that they than to have life. Mm. That's the most ridiculous argument I've ever heard. Yeah, they don't think they do not think it through. They don't think it through. 
And but if you if you cannot see value in the life of a child, then then you're walking with your eyes closed. You, you have you are blind, and you cannot see. I was talking with a, a young lady who just recently graduated from college, and we were having this discussion. She was having a hard time with this and things of God. And one of the things that she was programmed to say, I said, "Well, what if that would have happened to you? You wouldn't be here." Mm-hmm. She says, "Yeah, but it's about the life already lived." I said, "But what about the life that doesn't get to get lived?" And mm-hmm. She has no answer. No, no, of course she doesn't. Of course they don't. All right, we're out of time. I won't be here with the Bible guys next week. They will be ready to take your questions. So send them to Bible Guys at SalemLR.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.